at our Sunday school this morning. Um, I was just praying because uh, I told everybody who went on our trip to just be ready to share something. And I was praying and I was saying, well, God, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And um, and finally, I quit giving God names and asked him who um, who he wanted. And I um, and so I'm I'm so thrilled and honored to ask my wife to come up and to teach us. And share with us what God had, what God showed her in this conference. And you know, we spent three days in the presence of God, not just in a regular comfortable presence of God. With you know, you go to a conference and you have the comfortable seats. We sat on the concrete floor. My wife is five months pregnant, and only six months pregnant, five and some months. I don't know, six months pregnant. Sat down on that concrete floor. Could it, you know? We had our little kids with us, had to get up a couple times, but, uh, and she could have, I told her, I said, go sit at the seats, we are, because um, we're partners with the ministry, we have the reserve seating that's, you know, that's good seats, and I said, go sit in the seats, she said, I'm not going to go, I'm going to stay right here, because we had got up real close to the front, um, so she is a soldier in every sense of the word, too, and so God, we give you praise, thank you, Jesus. Hi. How are y'all? God, I just want to thank you this morning. God, I just want to give you access to everything that you dropped in my spirit while we were gone and while we were here, God, in these fasts. God, I just give you permission to pull up anything, God, that you dropped in me. And I just thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Um, I was telling Josh before Sunday school, it's it's just these past, because there was a fast before we left, the day before, and then we left, and there was a fast like two days before we got back, and it's just all kind of bleeding together, and it's just like, I love it, because I'm like, something will rise up, and I'll be like, I don't know, I don't know if Pastor Angie said it, I don't know if Pastor Casey said it, I don't know if Robert Mendoza, I don't know where it came from, but I know it came from the Holy Ghost, so I'm excited. I just want to share a little bit about something that that I'm that I'm taking home that I'm still cultivating in me um, because it was such a revelation one of the ministers said that it is impossible for you to have a sound mind without a foundation of holiness and and that just kept turning in me and I said okay God because um, I pray for a sound mind with Four kids almost. I pray for a sound mind every day. Um, I talk to people a lot, and it's what they feel and what they hear all in their mind and their circumstances and what they're going through and how um, they'll get, you know, we get a breakthrough and there'll be some deliverance and they'll have a word, but then two days later there's, you know, all up in these emotions and in these feelings. And I said, okay, God, so just kept praying it back to him. I cannot have a sound mind without a foundation of holiness. I cannot have a sound mind. It is pointless for me to pray that you give me a sound mind without a foundation, not an impartation, not a revelation, a foundation down in the bottom of my being, the basis of who I am of holiness. I'm not going to have peaceful 
sleep. I'm not going to have peaceful dreams. Um, I'm not going, I'm not going to have, that's my weapon to fight against torment, against confusion, is a, is a foundation of holiness. And I want to go to 2 Timothy 1 and 7. You know, it's important when you're writing things down not to forget the two little dots. Because I'm like, there is no 17, God. There's no 1 Timothy 17. And I love him because he's so kind to say, Michelle, where are the dots? So 1 and 7, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and disciplined and self-control. I said, okay. So all of that, all of that, cringing and fawning fear. Have you ever had that? I have. Fawning fear, where I'm anointing every corner of my house, where I'm praying against every spirit I can think of, where I'm pleading the blood over every bedroom, and just that, you know, I don't know where that's coming from, don't know what I'm afraid of. It's, it's cringing fear. He didn't give me that. He gave me power and of love and of calm, a well-balanced mind that goes, that's a brother or a sister with discipline and self-control. And I said, okay, how do I tap, how do I tap into that? How do I unwrap that gift, God? How do I um, have access to a well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control? Because that's a lot of people, I remember one incident where someone called and they're like, you have to come pray over my house, you have to pray over my house, you have to pray over my house, I can't sleep. These nightmares are, and so we went over there and we prayed, you know, and come after the course of, you know, a conversation, the things that they were allowing to come into their house, you know, and that sounds like a simple thing, but it's not. That That's having a foundation of holiness. So I began to to think on holiness. Holiness is not the same thing as works. They are, they're not together. Holiness is not even being saved from my sin. If I continue to struggle with fear and torment and, and motives, and, but I'm, my outside's okay, I don't have a foundation of holiness. When I enter into a foundation of holiness, which is way more about my insides than it is about my outsides, I cross over a threshold of, um, into that sound mind. And I, this Michelle, I don't think that happens all at one time. I don't think it's just a wham, and I walk out, and, you know, I, I feel like I've taken the biggest anxiety pill that they can offer. Uh, no, it's because... And I say that because that same situation, I didn't say, oh, you can't watch that. You know that's where that's coming from. I just prayed, and then they called, and they said, oh, my God, we watch such and such every single night before we go to bed, building on that foundation of holiness. I'm, I'm throwing that out of my house. I'm never, you know, I'm deleting all of it off my DVR, entering into that sound mind, little by little by little. If... um. I know some people, you know, you hear them. I'm just, 
I'm just going to be the fan waver. I'm content just, you know, I'm making it to heaven. I'm just going to wave the fan, and that's okay. And I'm not standing here and telling you that it's not okay. Not my, we've been praying about judgment. I has a whole nother notebook. Um, but that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that if you're content, if I'm content, because I have been, without pursuing a lifestyle, a foundation of holiness, my mind will be unstable. If it's, if it's all good in here, that's mostly control in me. And I'm, I'm not going to last very long until I've got the anointing oil. And I'm not talking about being led by the Holy Ghost because, you know, he has driven me to pray over my house. But I'm talking about that thing tried to hit me yesterday. Um, and so I, I did what the Holy Ghost said. And I ran up my dad's steps, I think, about four times because I was like, oh, no, God, what about this? I lay my hand on it. Just that unstable, you know, being able to, you know, recognize the voice of God when he says that's enough. That's what I'm pursuing. It Going to heaven, making it to heaven lasted me, you know, for a good while. But it's not, it's not enough for me. I'm not talking about sin, and I'm not talking about heaven. I'm not talking about hell. That's between me and God. I, I don't know. I don't know. If he tells me it's time to cross that threshold and I refuse, I also can't stand here and say that, you know, that I'm going to make it through the pearly gate. But that's not my um, commission today. I'm, I'm searching for a peaceful mind. I'm searching for authority. I'm searching for a confidence in what God has put down on the inside of me to be able to lay my hands on whoever he says lay them on and know, not know that I'm going to make it to heaven because I obeyed, but know that demon spirit is going to fall at the name of Jesus because I am pursuing a foundation of holiness. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so if, if that's not what we want, that's okay. God will deal with us. And that's, that was between me and God. But when I heard the man of God say, you cannot have a sound mind without a foundation of holiness. I thought, well, God, I can't lead these teenagers. I can't bring them 13 hours away from home. I can't lead any home group. I can't teach any Sunday school without pursuing holiness. I can't do that with an unstable mind because I'm going to put out confusion. And I'm going to, um, we have a little boy who, he won't come to youth anymore and whatever, whatever, but his excuse is because he saw one person in our youth group not be who they say they are. And as, you know, I was like, where's, where's so-and-so? I missed him. I hadn't seen him in a while. And they're like, well, he won't come back because he said, how can you act this way and then, you know, go, you know, the same old story. And I said, well, I understand what you're saying, and that's the danger. That's the danger of resisting the call when he says there's more for you. Um, it's not... Your sin's covered by the blood, but there's more for you. There's a different level to go. And when we resist it, um, the grace, you know, that people so graciously give us to mess up, it kind of fades away. But, of course, you know, that excuse is not going to work for him when he stands before God. But that's, but what's important to me, am I pursuing, you know, to make, to make it to have my own excuse into the kingdom of God? Or is, is that little boy enough for me to cross the threshold of God, I want more. I want um, I want people to see that I am who I say I am because 
of the holiness. I want this revelation, God, in my life. So I'm not, and as I began to look up, you know, without holiness, you won't see the Lord. Um, all of those scriptures, I began to see these examples of what he was talking about. And I saw words like greed and um, sexual impurity and all these internal things, all these motives, these attitudes, the, um, the reason that we say yes to the call of God, the, not smoking, drinking, cussing, adultery, not all these outward things, that, that's ba- and I know some people still struggle with that, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about struggling with sin. I just mean there's another level. There's somewhere else for me to go. If I can wake up in the morning and drink my coffee and think, well, goodness, I don't do this anymore. 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 Hallelujah. I have arrived. Absolutely not. Because what's my motive? What's Michelle's motive for not doing this and this and this and this? What's my attitude, God? And so that's kind of where I'm seeing and kind of what I'm trying to pour into these teenagers and we tell people all the time it's not about your works but it's about something it's about something it's about why I do what I do why I come why I'm faithful that matters it's not enough just to be faithful thank God for faithfulness and there was a time in my life where that's all that I had was just the I'm coming I don't want to come I don't want to do um but I want to be faithful. And that was okay for that season. But the more that I cried out and laid at the altar, that wasn't enough. And if I didn't walk over the threshold into pursuing a foundation of holiness, then I'm going to fall backwards. I'm going to fall into sin, into things that seem easy for me not, you know, to... I don't have a problem with, all of a sudden there they are because, because I'm moving. I'm going this way or I'm going this way. I can't stand still. I don't, it's not possible for me to stand still. So I've got to decide which direction do I want to go. And at that conference, he said a lot of things, but that's all around that. You know, he talks about peace and love and a sound mind and all that. But when he said that, I'm like, oh, my Jesus, I can't. I can't just lay here and cry out, God, give me peace. Give me a sound mind. Take confusion out of me. Take double-mindedness out of me. That's my ticket. God, give me a revelation of holiness. God, show me what that means. Show me what area, what motive, what um, intent, what thing that you're trying to sharpen in me. And, and when I walk through that, when one of the other ministers wonderful message on um kicking and against the pricks and against all the times you know that God if I don't go through that that uncomfortable awkward frustrated time of no emotion because my emotion if I need it if I need an emotion it's on the other side my sound piece is here but I have to go through what God is teaching me about um no Michelle you you know your attitude your face I say that all, you know, like I'm that little thing on Facebook. It's not my words I need help with. It's my face. I say that and joking because it's cute and it's funny, but it's, it's my face, God. It is my face. Like, what am I saying? This has got to line up with this and um, with what people feel when they're around me. It has to line up. 
um, in 1 John, it says, He that fears is not made perfect in love. So fears, if I fear, my mind's not stable. If I'm afraid, if I'm confused, if I, if I take the road of, of judging like we're talking about and I find the excuse to not have to line up with whatever the man or woman of God is saying that hurts me because I am afraid. And most rebellion, most whatever, it stems from fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of losing a part of me. I'm afraid of having to do more. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I have not made perfect in his love. I'm not made perfect. I have somewhere to go. And that's why I say it more than an impartation. It is a process. It's it is a journey of, of holiness, of God awakening different parts of me, of showing me different things in my life, different times that I said, I'll never do that, God. And then there comes that attitude, or I'll never do it that way. I'll do it this way. This way will work for me. I have to go back. I have to bring closure to those areas in my life because they're seeping through. All, and though I may not be outwardly sinning, and I may just, you may look at me and think everything's great and everything's going on and it's perfect. And I am not made perfect in his love because I am afraid, because I'm not confident in him. I don't have a sound mind. I'm wavering. This way may be okay, but what about this? And I can do this and add this and take away this. That's not my portion because I asked for more because I wasn't okay and I'm not okay today because it's a process, right? I just heard this four days ago. Um, that's not my portion. Salvation was my portion, and I loved it, and it was wonderful. And, and I squeezed everything I could get out of it to understand about the grace and the mercy of God and how he sets me free, and I'll continue doing that. But, but there's a new place. There's a new place to walk over. There's a new place to go, and I want to go. In 1 Peter, it says that he reveals. It's by revelation. He shows me. Uh, um, we had, when we were all together, I noticed whenever I would talk to the, do you need me to use that? Oh, yes, go. That's okay. When we were there, when you were just talking, we were, I just remembered something that someone said on the very first night. He said, um, when we're going to those other levels, he said, it's like shifting gears. And he said, you can't. He said, the thing when you're driving is you don't shift gears until you reach the top speed in the gear you're already in. And so um, we, have, we've, we push right up to the end, and then, we, and then God's ready to shift us into those other gears. But I can't, once I've reached the top of where I'm at, I'm at the top of where I'm at. I'm in, I'm in that zone, and I can't go unless I, unless I shift out of it, and then I can shift up into another one. Yes, amen. I noticed um, that any time there was any kind of confrontation or any, any kind of, I would feel something in me. I, you know, things that, I were, that were coming out of my mouth were right. They were lining up with the Holy Ghost, but I would still feel a little check in me. And as I was praying, you know, asking God what that was, you know, he showed me, and, you know, went back and I heard the words of something, of a declaration that I had made that was causing, and when I made that declaration, 
It was out of fear. I was afraid. I was afraid that that this person in my life that I cared about so much, it was going to turn this way. And, and so I'm controlling and I'm trying to protect and it's coming out mad and angry and bitter. And he had to show me all of those things. And that's what I mean when I say I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about my attitudes, my motives that will turn into sin. Because right there, I could have just said, nope, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not going back. I'm not saying. But I'm walking through the threshold. And so I had to say, you know, I am so sorry. God, take this bitterness out of me. That's asking for a foundation of holiness. Not, you know, God, forgive me for cussing. God, why? Why? Why am I using this filthy language? What is, what is the motive? What is the incident? What happened in me? He's already forgave me for, for doing it. He's already forgave me, you know, for hitting my wife, God. But why do I do that? When we reach over, when we go over and we start asking God why and giving him permission to expose the ugly things in our life, because if it wasn't ugly, then I wouldn't be drawn. I wouldn't be punching I'm not responsible for that black eye. I have never punched Casey in the face. But I'm saying, if I had, there's a reason. And eventually, for a long time, God's just going to deal with the effects of it. But there's going to come a time where I have to, if I want to go through, if I want to go into power, if I want to go into the devil being afraid of me, I have to go into why do I do the things that I'm asking for forgiveness for. It's not enough just to ask him to forgive me. Um, yes, ma'am. In the natural, if, if my husband does, if my husband hits me, and he says, oh, I'm so sorry, I won't ever do it again. And the next month he hits me. Oh, I'm so sorry, I won't ever do it again. You know, after a minute, I'm so sorry ain't enough. You're fixing to have to do something. I'm not accepting that apology. And so that's the same thing. I can't just continue to ask God because repentance is not doing it anymore. So if I have an issue, i got to find out what that issue is. This is a good teaching. I do. And... I do have to find out. And so I got the, I'm seeking the sound mind, and he showed me that it's a foundation of holiness. But then I, I just still, there was a disconnect, and I'm like, God, okay, I, I don't just want to cry out for holiness. I don't want to just, because you're showing me that it's more than just you giving it to me. And then they sang that song about the potter's wheel, and I'm like, uh, of course, of course, Um when I'm seeking a foundation of holiness, I have to pray. I'm going to close my eyes. Like, I can't even see myself. But, um, and ask to climb up on that wheel. I have to be placed on that wheel. And forever ago, um, Granny preached a message about being on that wheel and just turning and turning and turning and turning. And that's the only way. And it's uncomfortable. But I have to climb up on the wheel. I have to get there. I have to stay there. I can't climb off when um, when he tells me, no, Michelle, this is why you react this way. Did you see? Did you see you walk past those people and not even speak to them? What's that about? <sighs> God, what's that about? 
I have to do that. I'm sorry, not sorry. I have to. And Zechariah, he, and I, and I just briefly saw this. It's not even the story about um, going to the potter's house, but he says to them back in the Old Testament, um, they, there was like a staff, and it had represented some type of covenant. Um, and something, I guess it happened. I don't know. They didn't keep the covenant. And so he began to break up that staff. And he said, throw, my, throw the wages. Throw what you say I'm worth. Throw it back to the potter. And I said, back to the potter, God. When I climb off, when I think, you know, that I'm getting strong in this, the minute, the minute I see, God, the minute the fear comes back, the minute that I can't get a handle on this sound mind, back to the potter's wheel, I have to go. I'm not ever too good to go sit at the feet of the potter and let him take what I think is good, what I think is righteous, what I think I deserve. I have to give it to him. I have to throw it. Just It says in Zechariah, just as if you were throwing it to the dogs. Like I have to become that lowly that everything that I have worked that I have worked, even though I can't remember, but it, in Timothy it says it's not because of what I have done. It's not because of how many yeses I gave. It's not because of how many sacrifices I made, how many hours I spent. It's because of his purpose. It's because of his portion. The minute I start thinking, oh, don't they know? Don't they know? I got I to gotta go to a ramp conference and sit on the floor for a million hours and, and, and then... And first of all, let me just say, no leader in this church called me and said, Michelle, you better be at that fast before the conference and after the conference. But that if that's my initial, you know, that rises up in me, don't they know how much I give back to the potter's wheel? I have to go. Because the truth is the Holy Ghost put the demand on my life to come lay at the altar. Because I said, God, it's not enough. Salvation is not enough. I want more. I want more. So when those adage, and they're gonna, because it's flesh, they're gonna rise up. And when they rise up, back to the potter's will, I have to go. Because I'm seeking a foundation of holiness because I... I want a sound mind. When a teenager comes up to me and says, I don't want to live anymore, my daddy beats me because that's what we deal with. And when they say that to us, I have to have a sound mind. It says not only in that song, not only the potter's will, but to place me in the fire until he can see all the way through me, until he can look at the front of me and see the drums back there until there's nothing, no motive, no thinking I deserve something, no thinking that uh, where my blessings, God, where's my recognition, God, you always call on this person, none of that. He's, he can't see the drums yet. He sees self and validation and need of approval, and he sees all those things that don't look like sin. And I don't even, and they're not even until we see them. The Bible says it's sin when I know to do and I choose not to do. That's why I'm climbing up on the wheel. Not because I'm a, a wretched sinner, but because I know there's somewhere else for me to go. And when I give him permission, I have to allow him to show and to prick and to do all of those things so that I can climb off of that and have a sound mind enough to say, no, we're not going to do this. Yes, we're going to do this. 
this is the word God like that. I have to have a sound mind for that. So that's that's what God's working um, on me. And I just want do you mind looking up Ezekiel 36, 23? And this is the last thing, because I can really feel that. Um, and I don't know who that's for. Probably me. Um, the wheel's not for me, and that's it's not for it's not for me. Um, it's it's good. It gets you know, you can be around me when I'm on the Potter's wheel, but it's not for me. Yes. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name and separate it for its holy purpose from all that defiles it. My name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned among them, and the nations will know, understand, and realize that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service when I shall be set apart by you and my holiness vindicated in you before their eyes and yours. Before their eyes. Their eyes. And him, not me. It's for their eyes. It's for my, for my family's eyes. From the people that God's put me in front of. For them, it doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm probably going to heaven. You know, I'm it's not for me. He's already poured out. It's for you. It's for him. It's for them. It's for them and for him. For him to be vindica- vindicated. For him so that they can see. And that woke something up in me to just lay acts to every to begin to like, because we live in a generation in a world where you're the best thing that's ever happened since sliced bread, where that's poured into you. It's like either one or the other. You're the worst thing that's ever happened in the world or you're the best. But there's no in the middle where no one's telling you your purpose and what it's for. It's for him and it's for them. And that um, that should give us the the motivation to keep going forward. And if not, we just got to climb. I just got to climb back on the wheel. <laughs>